but with what he had he was addicted to the reconstruction of the home for old men into a kind of castle in Spain, with himself as castellan hospitably entertaining about a score of sleek and prosperous middle-aged gentlemen, consummately good-humored and civilly willing to pay for their board and lodging. In this revised project of philanthropy, the trustees, to whom he was indebted for his office and responsible for his conduct, had not the happiness to appear. As to them, it was held by the village humorist aforementioned that in their management of the great charity, Providence had thoughtfully supplied an incentive to thrift. With the inference which he expected to be drawn from that view, we have nothing to do. It had neither support nor denial from the inmates, who certainly were most concerned. They lived out their little remnant of life, crept into graves neatly numbered, and were succeeded by other old men as like them as could be desired by the adversary of peace. If the home was a place of punishment for the sin of unthrift, the veteran offenders sought justice with a persistence that attested the sincerity of their penitence. It is to one of these that the reader's attention is now invited. In the matter of attire, this person was not altogether engaging, but for this season, which was midwinter, a careless observer might have looked upon him as a clever device of the husbandman, indisposed to share the fruits of his toil with the crows that toil not, neither spin an error. That might not have been dispelled without longer and closer observation, that he seemed to court for his progress up Abershaw Street, toward the home in the gloom of the winter evening, was not visibly faster than what might have been expected of a scarecrow blessed with youth, health, and discontent. The man was indisputably ill-clad, yet not without a certain fitness and good taste, withal, for he was obviously an applicant for admittance to the home, where poverty was a qualification, in the army of indulgence, the uniform is rags. They serve to distinguish the rank and file from the recruiting officers. As the old man, entering the gate of the grounds, shuffled up the broad walk, already white with the fast-falling snow, which from time to time he feebly shook from its various coins of vantage on his person, he came under inspection of the large globe-lamp that burned always by night over the great door of the building. As if unwilling to incur its revealing beams, he turned to the left, and passing a considerable distance along the face of the building, rang at a smaller door, emitting a dimmer ray that came from within, through the fanlight, and extended itself incuriously overhead. The door was opened by no less a personage than the great Mr. Tilbody himself. Observing his visitor, who had once uncovered and somewhat shortened the radius of the permanent curvature of his back, the great man gave visible token of neither surprise nor displeasure. Mr. Tilbody was indeed in an uncommonly good humor, a phenomenon ascribable doubtless to the cheerful influence of the season. For this was Christmas Eve, and the morrow would be the blessed 365th part of the year that all Christian souls set apart for mighty feats of goodness and joy. Mr. Tilbody was so full of the spirit of the season 
that his fat face and pale blue eyes, whose ineffectual fire served to distinguish it from an untimely summer squash, effused so genial a glow that it seemed a pity that he could not have lain down in it, basking in the consciousness of his own identity. He was hatted, booted, overcoated, and umbrellaed, as became a person who was about to expose himself to the night and the storm on an errand of charity. For Mr. Tillbody had just parted from his wife and children to go downtown and purchase the wherewithal to confirm the annual falsehood about the hunch-bellied saint who frequents the chimneys to reward little boys and girls who are good and especially truthful. So he did not invite the old man in, but saluted him cheerily. Hello, just in time. A moment later, and you would have missed me. Come, I have no time to waste. We'll walk a little way together. Thank you, said the old man, upon whose thin and white but not ignoble face the light from the open door showed an expression.